move into a time of prayer. Felt like the Lord has just had that on us for this season, however long it is. It may never end. But authority in prayer comes out of a place of surrender. It comes out of a place of a laid down life, radical obedience. It's in the place of humility that the Lord then lifts us up. It's in the place of complete dependence. That's the humility. That in that place we're lifted up. It's in that place that we walk in authority. Tonight as we as we just enter into this time of prayer, just to reiterate where this is not uh, individual prayers. This is not praying for individuals. There is a time for that. This is praying for the corporate body. This is praying for the church in America. This is praying over uh, just spiritual warfare in the heavens. It's declaring things that need to be declared on earth as it is in heaven. But before we just enter into it, I just just want us to come to this place of, of alignment. Uh, so the Lord just put a few scriptures on my heart. So just stay in this place of, of just, we're just listening to him. We're submitting to his ways right now. In James 4, it says this. It says, you do not have because you do not ask God. So first place is we, there is an asking for these things. We say, well, the Lord will do what he wants to do. No, he actually gives us authority. He, he tells us to take dominion. And so there's power when we come into an agreement with heaven and pull it down to earth and declare it on earth. But then it says this, but when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. It's not spiritually minded, which those are earthly minded. It's the fleshly minded things of this world. He says that you can that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. For those things, it says he doesn't he doesn't listen to those prayers. You do not receive because you're asking with the wrong motive. And so, how do what do we do? Is we intentionally set our heart before the Lord that we get His motive. He talks about right after this, he gets real strong with his language. And he says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? So anyone who chooses to be a friend of this world actually becomes an enemy of God. That's strong language. But there is no place right now to, to be in this world and have have our heart in this world and then try to have our heart in heaven, in the Father, in His ways. It's, a, it's an either or. You cannot be double-minded. You'll be tossed and turned. It says this, do you not think, or do you not think Scripture says without reason that the Spirit He causes to live in us it says envies intensely or the other word for that is there's a jealousy we serve a God who is so jealous for us, who so desires relationship with us. 
He's, he's the bridegroom, and we're the bride. And for a bride to have her eyes on other things, a bridegroom's going, no, don't put your eyes on other things. Put your eyes on me. Set your heart on me alone. It's what the bridegroom desires. And for us as the bride, that when we see the bridegroom, that we would see, be so enthralled, so overwhelmed with Jesus, who is our, our bridegroom, that we'd say, God, we, yeah, we have our eyes on you and on you alone. There's nothing in this world that can ever satisfy. It's only Jesus that can satisfy. And then he says this. He says, this is what the scripture says. God opposes the proud. Who are the proud? Those that, that are set upon themselves. <laughs> can you imagine a bride that is, is more interested in looking at the, in the mirror than she is at, at the bridegroom? Lord, may we not be prideful. But it says he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to those whose hearts are set upon him, completely dependent upon him. So tonight, as we, as we enter into this time of, of prayer, Lord, may we surrender ourselves to you. May we be emptied of ourselves. This is not about us. This isn't a, oh, Lord, help me. Give me what I need. This is, Lord, I'm humbling myself. I'm coming before you. And I'm saying, Lord, what are, what's on your heart? What are the things that you desire? I want to align with those things and call heaven down to earth. What we try to do sometimes is, is call earth up to heaven. <laughs> that's that selfishness, pride in a sense. But when we call heaven down to earth, it's a place of being so submitted to his ways. It's Jesus going, if you can take this cup from me, take it. But not my will, but your will be done. Lord, I ask that you set our hearts right now in that place of alignment with you. Right after that, it says this, so submit yourselves then to God. And then what it says is, then when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. It comes out of the place of submitting. But then when we, then our authority is granted. Then we have that authority that when we, when we come against the enemy, he flees in terror. Because <laughs> we've just come under the authority of the king of kings. And then he says, so draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Submit yourself to him. Humble yourself before him. And he'll draw so close to you. He's a jealous God. He's a bridegroom that is so beautiful that we would desire him alone. That there's nothing else that our eyes would be on, our focus would be on Jesus so, Lord, I thank you for tonight. I, I come against all fear. I pray that no prayers would be spoken out of a place of fear, but, Lord, that we would have that spirit of power. We'd have your love. 
we'd be of a sound mind, of a mind set upon the Spirit, spiritually minded in all things. So Lord, have your way tonight. I thank you that these prayers aren't just words. We're not just praying good ideas that we hope come to pass. Lord, I thank you we're going into a warfare tonight. There's a spiritual warfare that you've called us to step into, to take territory. We wield this sword of the Spirit. We put on the breastplate of righteousness. We have the, the shield of faith. We have a helmet of salvation. We have a, we have a belt of truth. Jesus is the truth. We know his ways. Everything, every piece of the breastplate, it's righteousness, it's Jesus. The truth is, or the, the, the buckle is, is the belt of truth, it's Jesus. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, it's, the, it's Jesus is the Word. It's all about you, Jesus. So we, we align with you tonight. We surrender tonight to our own ways. Lord, may we not conform to the pattern of this world. Lord, renew our minds. May we be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may then test and approve God's will, his good, his pleasing, and your perfect will. May we declare those things tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. So here's what I'm going to ask is we're going to just come into a place of prayer here and uh, there may be some song that we go into as well, just prophetic song. When I say prophetic song, all it is is just you're going to pray and there may be something that just is triggered of, of worship, that uh, of song in response to what was prayed. And I would just encourage you, it's not going to be songs that we've necessarily sung before. It's songs that kind of just just spur of the moment and so but just catch in catch up to it get it get get the words and just begin to declare them out sing them back something powerful about coming to that alignment uh in song together and that's in that prophetic song and then i just want to encourage you again as people are praying up here you're not just listening but you're actually engaging in that place of prayer with them so this is a this is spiritual warfare. This is, this is what we, we go into. And, and what's done here, I believe, we're going to see as we walk out of this place. We're going to see there's shifts that happen in the spiritual realms. We don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and powers. And we have the authority. Jesus has given us the keys to the kingdom. We now take those keys, and it says everything you bind on earth is bound in the heavens. Everything you loose on earth is loosed in the heavens. This isn't just a fun thing that we read. This is a reality. When we step into this place, we walk in authority. Things begin to change. Things begin to shift. So as you come up, I want to I want to just restate, we're going to pray it tonight. So you may have something you want to speak into. Don't speak it. Pray it. What that does is that allows us to engage with you in that place of prayer. Amen. So I'm going to open up the mic and let's pray. And don't be shy. Come on up, Steve. I know, like, like Steve's up here every time. but And you go, oh, well, I'll let Steve pray. No, don't let Steve pray. Beat him to the mic. 
<laughs> but some of you, I know, are maybe just a little more shy. I want to encourage you. This is not about a show of how good you can pray. This is about things that the Lord has put in your heart that, that you may be the, the one that needs to speak it out, and our job is to come into an agreement with you. So don't, don't leave it up to the prayers to pray because you may be the very one the Lord's actually speaking to right now and putting it on your heart, and we need to hear it, and we need to agree with it. Isaiah 40. Nachmu, Nachmu Ami. Comfort, comfort my people, <laughs> says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity has been removed, that she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice is calling. Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low and let the rough ground become a plain and the rugged terrain a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Oh, Father, every war has winners and losers. Every war has surrenders. But while we were yet your enemies, Christ died for us. And our surrender now isn't to our conqueror. Our surrender now is to the one who calls us his children. So when we surrender to you, Father, we're not losing, we're gaining everything. It's a whole different kind of surrender. We're surrendering to our Creator. We're surrendering to your way. And we know that your way is better. Your way is better than anything we can invent on our own. Your way is better than all of our imaginations. And when our imaginations get in the way, you have given us weapons to tear that down. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are divinely powerful for the tearing down of strongholds. So, Father, I declare strongholds being torn down, tearing down, and dissipating right here tonight. Strongholds in thinking, strongholds in ways of relating, strongholds in ways of doing things that may have been there for years and years and years, that those strongholds are crumbling because your weapons are superior to any thoughts and any imaginations we can have, to anything that our hearts might design as a way of accomplishing something when your way is better. We go with your way. We go with your way. Even if it doesn't look better, we're going to go with your way because we have surrendered. I am declaring that our warfare is ended, that everything has been captured and is captive by Jesus, who when he rose led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Father, we've been gifted by you. Surrender to you looks difficult. But as soon as you step through that veil, 
we've gained everything. Our warfare is ended. And so in that place, we clear a way for you in the wilderness where people don't know you. We make smooth in the highway, in the desert, a highway for you. In the dried up desert wastelands of lives that haven't seen the reign of your spirit, we bring the water of life. We fill up every valley. And in the power of you, we make every mountain and hill low to fill in the valleys. And we make the rough ground a plain and the rugged terrain a broad plain so that your glory will be revealed, so that all flesh will see your glory. For you have spoken this. Amen. I just love the way the Holy Spirit confirms his word. <laughs> so I don't know if all day since this morning when I got up too late for our prayer call, <laughs> um, the Lord has had Isaiah 40 on my heart. And, and that's why I don't know if you heard me kind of say something when Steve got up and said, Isaiah 40, I was, what? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So I'd like to read the first couple verses from the Passion Translation. So starting with Isaiah 40, verse 1. Your God says to you, our God says to each and every one of us, he not only speaks it to us, he commands us to do this. Comfort, comfort my people with gentle, compassionate words. Speak tenderly from the heart to revive those in Jerusalem. Proclaim that their warfare is over. Their debt of sin is paid for, and she will not be treated as guilty any longer. Prophesy to her as she has received from the hand of Yahweh twice as many blessings as all her sins. And so, Father, I thank you and praise you that you have given us this commission to go out and to bring comfort to your people, not because we're anything and not because we even have anything, but because of the Christ and Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. That's how we can bring comfort to your people. And it's just like the parable of the ten virgins. The Lord's been knocking on my heart about this for weeks and weeks now. So I just want to read a little piece of this. And I'm going to read from uh, verse 20, chapter 25 in Matthew, starting in verse 1. At the time, and this is Jesus speaking, at the time that my coming draws near heaven's kingdom realm can be compared to ten maidens who took their oil lamps and went outside to meet the bridegroom and his bride. And I think we can all agree, this may not be the end, end, end times, but this certainly is the end times. And God is calling us out, and he's calling us up. But verse 2 says, five of them were foolish and ill-prepared, for they took no extra oil for their lamps. Oh, Father God, none of us want to be foolish, not in this room, not in this church, not in this community, not even in this nation. We don't want to be numbered amongst the five that were foolish. 
But here's something the Lord showed me about five of them who were wise and sensible. For they took flasks of olive oil with their lamps, but when the bridegroom didn't come when they expected, they all grew drowsy and fell asleep. I don't know about you guys, but the last two years, I have been expecting the Lord to come with a shout and with his glory to save so many of us in this world from what's been going on. And I have to confess, I have grown weary at times. And I'm like, Lord, when, when will you come? When will you redeem your people? When will you bring justice? And we can only wait for him and trust him. But it really struck me that it says when the bridegroom didn't come, when they expected, they all grew drowsy. And Paul admonishes us not to grow weary in our well-doing. So, Father God, I thank you and praise you that we have such encouragement with your word such encouragement with those who have gone before us, such encouragement with the people who are around us. Every time we hear a testimony of how good you are, it reminds us we can keep going on. We will not grow weary in well-doing. And here's how Jesus' brother Judah talked about it. And um, I don't know what chapter this is. Anyway, he says, it's, a, it's titled, A Call to Remain Faithful. And at first, Judah's talking about the people who cause divisions. And with their natural instincts, they're devoid of the life of the Spirit. And I think we can see plenty of that around us today. But here's what else he says. But you, my delightfully loved friends... But you, my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the Spirit. Fasten your hearts to the love of God and receive the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who gives eternal life. And so, Father, we praise you and thank you that you've given us the apostles, you've given us prophets, you've given us all of the fivefold ministry, but you've given us your word. And you've given us the testimony that is prophecy, because the testimony of Jesus is prophecy. So I thank you and praise you, Lord, that you command us not to be weary in well-doing. But you don't just command us, you give us everything we need. You give us Holy Spirit, you give us the fivefold ministry, and you give us one another. So I thank you and praise you, Father, for that in Jesus' name. I just want to say real quick, I want to encourage you guys. I was talking to Luna earlier today, and I said, you can always tell those that are spending time with Jesus. It's a different, it's a different way about them. You can, they just, it's that when we renew our minds, we become transformed. When we behold him, as it talks about in 2 Corinthians 3, it says, when we behold him, we're transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. And so I just, as we're talking about this oil, it's the oil of intimacy. It's the oil of 
spending time with Jesus, getting to know him, getting to know his voice. People go, I don't know, I can't hear, I can't hear God. I don't know, I don't know what he sounds like. I don't, I never get to hear him. I'm like, spend time with him. I spend time with my wife and I don't have to, when I hear her voice, I know her voice. Because <laughs> I hear it all the time. When my kids, when my kids talk to me, I don't have to go, wait, who was that? I know exactly who it is because I know their voice because I spend time with them. And in the same way, when we spend time with Jesus, we get to know his voice. It becomes very clear. People go, well, how do you know if you're hearing his voice or not? Because I'm spending time with him. Hours and hours. Every moment that I can, I'm spending with him. That's the oil that we need to get in us. And I just want to encourage you. And, it, and I was telling Tracy afterwards, I was like, and, and you'll know when I don't, when I'm not spending time with them. Because you get, I'm irritated. I know like I'm short with people. I'm not speaking kind words. I'm, 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 I'm angry or I'm frustrated. And it's those times I'm like, ah, I just need to get with Jesus. I need to get in his presence that I can behold him and become like him and draw close to him and that my heart begins to change, that things begin to shift in me. So I just want to encourage, I just just felt that need to just encourage you guys in this, that you want to become like him, spend time with him. Spend time in this Bible right here, but not, don't just read it. Meditate on it. Pray it, like chew it, take a bite and then just chew it for a while. Don't just try to get through a chapter to read a chapter to get knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, makes you prideful. So you're not in the word to to get knowledge, you're in the word to get intimacy, to draw close to him, to get to know him. We don't need to get to know this we want to get, take this the right way. <laughs> we're not here to know this word. We're, we're here in the word to get to know the author of the word. We get to know Jesus. Jesus even talks to the Pharisees about it. He's like, you know the scriptures. He says, but you really, you don't know me. There's a big difference between knowing the scriptures and knowing Jesus. I go out in the streets and I... I talk to people on the streets and and they can quote the Bible better than I can. <laughs> I mean, they know the word, but they don't know Jesus at all. They're, they're strung out on drugs. They're doing different things and they, they know the scriptures. They have no idea who Jesus is. Get to know Jesus and he changes us from the inside. He, he changes everything about us and this is where life begins. Take it up last time and didn't have the courage to. So thank you for ushering me up here. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, that's funny because what I'm going to talk about has to do with that as well. But um, I like to write down my prayers. It helps me. And when I repeat them, I 
I feel something different in other areas every time I say it. So before I do, um, it's all about God being the great spiritual transmuter. And the definition for transmuting is to change from one form, nature, substance, or state into another, or to transform or convert. So now that you know that, God, you are the great spiritual transmuter. We ask you, God, to just transmute all fear into love, transmute all depression into joy, transmute all anxiety into faith, unwavering faith, God. Transmute all poverty into prosperity. Transmute the spirit of offense into a spirit of defending you, God. Transmute the hardened hearts of all those who have been misled through religion that may be softened and that they may be softened and led back to you in the true way of Jesus. Transmute the manipulative lies of the devil that have flooded the souls of the earth into believing that the darkness can overrule the light. Turn us not only into the flame of a mere match, but into giant floodlights, shining light, the light of the gospel on all those who cross our path. We ask that you transmute our selfishness into selflessness. Transmute all those who have lost themselves in the world to lose themselves in thee, God. Call all your lost sheep back to thy herd but call all lions of the spirit to work as a pack of the light to transmute those sheep into lions. Give us divine bravery and courage to defeat the enemy in all areas of our lives and of this world. You have created us as great warriors of love and light. Now throw us into battle with nothing but our spiritual armor and watch us rise against the darkness. Bring us all together to baptize the collective with fi the fire of the Holy Spirit. God, thank you so much for being the father of all fathers. Thank you, Jesus, for being such an example of true, pure Christianity. And show us the way. Teach us to walk and think and love like you do, Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name. As I came in today, um, it's just interesting because it's a, I'm a teacher, um, and a lot of students and a lot of individuals, and I've just noticed throughout um, throughout the month, you just see the seasons coming, where it's just Thanksgiving and then immediately Christmas, and you see a lot of people that are just hopeless and full of despair, and. And you just start praying for them. You start thinking, Lord, what's going on? What's, what's, what's really the matter, you know? Um, and funny thing is that was happening to me. So a few weekends ago, I was sleeping, and I had three angels on my right-hand side. I'm going to pray. Give them a minute. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just hearing these giggles. And they're joking and they're giggling. I'm like, what the heck is going on? I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, we're making you laugh. And I'm like, what? And they're like, Sharon, 
God loves you and he wants to hear your laughs. Like, we miss your laugh. I'm like, we miss your joy. We miss you rejoicing. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and the Lord, you know, is just coming in with this heaviness. And the Lord just brings me straight to Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. To these bones, I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. And you read on, it says, So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. See, the hope is being taken away. But Jesus came to bring hope to the hopeless. So, Father God, thank you for Jesus who's come to bring hope to the hopeless because the enemy wants us to think that we don't have hope, Father God. But you brought us in the manger a gift to man, a gift of life, Father God, a gift that the enemy cannot take away because he's already died for us. See, this babe was born to die but his purpose was to give us life so father god thank you for the hope and the gift that keeps on giving that eternal life father god father god your word says for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope our hope is in Christ who already died for us, who was destined to give us life, to take the keys from Hades that we may have eternal life and to have it abundantly. Father God, thank you, Lord, because Jesus is the hope and the enemy cannot take that away from us, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you give us life, that you breathe life into each and every one of us, that we may understand, Lord, what the hope is, that it is life for your glory, for your honor, Father God. I just pray, Lord Jesus, that every single individual that is thinking of all of those things that have happened in their lives, that these scales may come off of them, Lord Jesus, that they may see what you are doing, what you have done and the future that you have for them, Lord. I just pray for life to be breathed into every single one of these individuals that are thinking of disparity, Lord, that are thinking of not and, and not knowing, Lord, that you already gave us a gift of life, Father. I just thank you for it all, Lord Jesus. Amen. Father, Lord, we lift up, or I lift up my friends here. Um, Lord, you have spoken to me that at any time of day we can make talents for you as, as the, 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 
the, uh, the two uh, in the parable of the talents that had five, one had ten. Lord, um, I, I thank you for this chapter. Lord, um, um, uh, it has marked my life. And you've said that at any time of day we can make talents for you, Lord. Um, we can go to you. Like Mike said, we can uh, abide in the shadow, I believe it says in Psalm 91. And Lord, uh, reveal how dignity, how, how much you um, prize dignity, Lord, which comes from uh, making more talents. Um, in Jesus' name. And, um, you know, today was my day of rest, and I didn't spend too much time with God, so I'm feeling just what you talked about Um, so that's incredible Um, doesn't matter I mean uh, um, that's good man And as we move into the Christmas season, it's a time where we can really have an impact because we know the guy who came was born in the manger. We can have a tremendous impact. Um, I met with a couple today. Their 17-year-old daughter was tragically killed in an auto accident on Sunday night. And, man, it was just, you know, when things happen during the holidays, it seems like it's that much heavier. But I want to tell you, I found myself praying, I mean, meeting with them and just feeling their pain. It's just unbelievable. Beautiful young girl. She was headed to um, Grand Canyon University. She was just a great kid. And here's the deal, though. We can have such an impact by praying for others. We can have an impact because spiritual warfare is always going on. I mean, we're constantly praying for our son and daughter-in-law because... To be honest with you, I know what it's like to be in the forefront. They get hammered. We need to really pray for those. But this couple, I prayed for them in the pain. And also the the 21-year-old son was there too and prayed for them. And then I found myself praying for them during the day. And here's the key. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and bringing every thought into captivity of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we got to make that effort. We got to pray. And when our heart is moved, I believe that's the time when the prayers are most powerful. When our hearts are moved, we're connected with Him and we have a tremendous impact. So I'm just going to pray and I want you to join with me. And there's somebody you probably know who is really going through it now. And I'll tell you, when they go through it between Thanksgiving and Christmas, that seems like it's all it's elevated. So as I'm praying, I want you to find that person who maybe you've come in contact with. Maybe you know them well, maybe you don't know them well. But I want you to be praying for them, and I'm going to just pray. Father God, right now, we come to you in the name above every name, the name that's above death, the name that's above cancer, the name that's above COVID, 
the name that's above everything on this earth, the name that's above discouragement, the name that's above depression, the name that's above all things. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now. As we lift up those people, I lift up this couple and this, and this son. He lost his only sibling. They lost their only daughter. They're in incredible pain. Father, we come against every attack of the enemy to bring further discouragement. Lord, you said that you bring good out of the difficulties. I don't know how you're going to do that, but Lord, I give you access. Even right now to their broken hearts, I give you access into that whole situation, that tragic situation. And I ask you, Lord, to redeem it. Bring some good out of this. I pray on Monday when I do the memorial service that, Lord, you'll bring hope, especially to the the teenagers that are gathered here who have been going through a really hard time anyway, and now they've lost a dear friend tragically and suddenly. Lord, we thank you for that message of hope. We thank you that you care and you love so deeply. And Lord, we join together with you in that battle. We stand in the gap when they are so down that they can't pray. Lord, we stand in that gap and we lift them up. We ask you to come and be the wind beneath their wings. Lord, lift them. Lift them to soar and let them wonder, wow, why am I feeling so good in the midst of tragedy? Lord, we ask you to move supernaturally, Lord, to loved ones and to friends and to all those people that we're crying out for right now. Let it make a difference, Lord Jesus. We thank you that it will because you're a great, great Lord. And we give you the glory now because it's your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. I just wanted to join in with that. I was in Isaiah 40 as well, and I just feel like it's confirmed that we are supposed to just declare and speak out comfort right now. And I was thinking about the name of the Lord, Emmanuel, in this season. And that is the name that was spoken of him, that he is God with us. So I just want to prophesy right now and declare comfort to these situations that I've heard of many situations this week as well. So, Lord, we just come before you right now. We know so many that need comfort right now. Even in our own hearts, we need comfort. So we just prophesy right now comfort. Comfort to your people. Comfort to this city. Comfort to Denver. Comfort to your body. Right now, comfort to America. Draw near, O God. Draw near. Lord, we love that your name right now in this season at Christmas time is Emmanuel. God with us. God near to us. God who came as a baby to be with us. You came as a human. You are with us. Even now you are human. You are a man seated on the throne. You are near to us. You are acquainted with all of our ways. You are acquainted with our pain and our suffering. So right now, we just lift up these hurting ones. We lift up the grieving right now. We lift up the lonely. We lift up the homeless in our city. We lift up the brokenhearted right now. And we speak comfort, comfort to you. Emmanuel, 
Go and be with them. Emmanuel, go and comfort. Emmanuel, come and encounter those that need comfort right now. Emmanuel, come and give dreams and visions, even tonight, to the most brokenhearted. We prophesy dreams and visions. Emmanuel, God with us. Be near, O oh God, to the brokenhearted right now. Come and declare your name all across this city, all across our church, all across this nation. We speak comfort in Jesus' name. He has given us great comfort, great, great joy. I have good news. Um, the tomb is empty. He's alive. He didn't just come thousands of years ago. mentioning pride every time I hear that word I hear God opposes the proud my first thought is Lord let it not be let it not be me I don't want you to oppose me but God is gracious gracious to us when we ask for humility he gives it and as you all know, I, I weep humility. <laughs> it keeps me humble. <clears throat> uh, some of you know circumstances have been strange this year. I find myself in a position like that of a widow. But I want to set the record straight, if I may. Lord, I just thank you that circumstances aren't, aren't victorious over us. I just thank you that we can choose you, we can choose life. You said you will use all things together for the good to those who are in Christ Jesus. All things, not some things, all things. Steve asked if uh, <laughs> he should offer cond condolences or congratulations. I said it's always congratulations to the believer because you are gracious to us, oh God. You offer us joy in, in replacement of suffering. And I just thank you for revealing to me your love for me in and through all things. Thank you for strength when we feel weak. Sometimes we need to feel weak. Sometimes we need to feel broken before you, Lord God, because that is when the shepherd puts the sheep over his shoulders. When we are broken, when we're wandering, when we're weak, he lays us beside still waters 
We don't always want to lay beside still waters. We've got things to do. <laughs> but you provide for us. You let us rest in you. You give us sustenance. The water cleanses us, purifies us from the inside out. And when we bleed, you wash our wounds. So when things seem terrible, Lord God, you are, you are not less mighty, but we can see your mightiness all the more. We can see your healing. We can see your strength. And in this season, oh God, help us. Help us to know that you are the reason for every season. When we need you, which is every minute of every day, let us have an emotional dialysis. My granddad was on dialysis three days a week for two years before he died of kidney failure and to spend hours watching your blood circulate through a giant machine. It's miraculous. But we have that miracle. We have that miracle at our access every moment. He lives. You live. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This just came to mind. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. And I think to myself, our fears and our anxieties are, are objects that get in the way. In order to have a shadow, you have to have something in between you and the source of light. And I think that's important for us to understand that as we walk through these hard times, Jesus is the light. He is the source. And if you find yourself in the shadow, all you need to do is get out from behind it and get into the light. I think that's important to remember. So thank you, Jesus. Shine on all of us. God, I thank you for a surrendered heart, Lord. I thank you, God, that you will rebuke the proud, those that are prideful. I thank you, God, that you'll allow those that are prideful to be reduced to the lowest common denominator, Lord, before moving. I thank you for the story, Lord, of Martha and Mary. where Mary came in pride, justifying her own emotions, Lord. If you would have been here earlier, Lazarus would have lived. Whereas Mary came with a surrendered heart, falling at the feet of Jesus, weeping, 
And Jesus, you being moved to compassion. It actually says in, the, in your word that you were troubled. You were moved to compassion and tears, but you were troubled almost at the sight of Mary surrendered at your feet. God, I thank you for the story of Elijah, Lord, where he's saying there are no more, there are no more prophets. Just take me now. I pray that I would die. God, justifying his own pride in the midst of his own fear, Lord. God, you saying and asking Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah responding in fear and anxiety and pride and self and focus on self. Whereas you needed just a surrendered heart and a heart that came before you, completely yielded. God, we thank you for Elijah going up on the mountainside, Lord, looking for that surrendered heart that he knew that was inside of Elijah. And I thank you, Lord, that you are passing by in the fire and the earthquake and the wind. But God, you were in none of them. It wasn't until, God, the still small voice of you, Father, and Elijah wrapping himself in his cloak that he actually surrendered. Knowing that in himself, in his own flesh, he could not do it. He could not run from Jezebel. He could not have the power and the authority to walk, even in the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. He knew. I thank you for a surrendered heart, Lord, and the stories in your word. And God, I thank you that you're calling America, Lord. Even as I, in worship, I just had this vision. I wasn't even going to share tonight, but I had a vision. I was standing on, and I felt, almost like fell asleep, like in a dream vision. I wasn't awake, but it wasn't asleep. And I was standing on the edge of my porch at the home, and, but I could see the entire nation. And there were storms everywhere. And I shared it with Mike just briefly, and I didn't know what it all meant. But, Lord, there were storms. There were fire. There were snowstorms. There were uh, drifts of snow up over roofs and over homes. And there was a shaking, and all of it, like all at once. It wasn't like one and then the other. It was all at once. And Lord, I thank you that you're calling America right now out to the doorstep, out of the cave like Elijah, Lord. You're calling us out onto the doorstep, out onto our porches to prophesy and proclaim and declare over America, Lord, that you are Lord, that you are most high. I love what Scarlett shared. Lord, you're above all of it. Someone else was sharing that as well. Lord, you are above all things. I thank you, God, even for Isaiah 40. I love how you'll speak through your children. You'll connect them together in the spirit, spirit to spirit, speaking to one another. But I proclaim and I declare, Lord, that the church should step out onto their front porch, out of the cave, out of the darkness, out onto the edge of the mountain, out onto the edge of their home. Because God, you are passing by and you've come to habitate our homes. You've come to habitate our lives. You've come to habitate our families, Lord. Even as there's attack on our families all over America right now, all over this region, all over the church right now, the enemy is having a go. But Lord, I thank you that the institution of family, Lord, falls into your governance. 
I thank you that you're blessing it, Lord. You're giving the power and the authority for fathers to walk the way they should walk in their homes. They are the head and not the tail. And we are victorious, Lord, for you are Lord. And we surrender to you and we yield to you, humbling ourselves before you, knowing, Lord, in our weakest moment, God, that you will make us strong, that you will be our strong man in that situation, in that circumstance. And I thank you, God, even as Rachel released that, Lord, that the comfort, God, you promised, that's one of your promises, that you'd send your comforter. I thank you for comfort for those that are mourning right now. As JR, Pastor JR shared, those that are in situations that are outside of their, 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 outside of their grid, outside of their control, we don't know why, God, sometimes. We don't know where or how. But we know, God, that your nature is never changing, that you are a good, good God. And you're looking over and watching over each and every one of your children, proclaiming Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you. They're not to harm you. They are to bless you. They are to prosper you. They are to advance you. Even in the holidays, when things are hypersensitive, every emotion is heightened. I thank you, God, that your comfort will dwell within each and every one of us. Amen. I think about the word that says that we are to lift each other's burdens. And there are people here tonight who have hidden grief, hidden burdens, and there are people here that we expect to have burdens who do not because they have found freedom in Christ and they are giving those burdens. And then we have people who don't know they need to give their burdens because they, they just, maybe even like me, they just walk along with their burdens and they trudge up that mountain and if I get to another 10,000 feet, another 5,000 feet, another 1,000 feet, I'm at the mountaintop. And around here when you get to the mountaintop, it's snow and rain and wind and it's not a very comfortable place. Before I moved to Colorado, I thought mountaintops were the best place to be. And then I discovered that the tall mountains, especially on days like today when we had wind, it can be a frightful place. And you're like in the atmosphere here. I don't even know why I just said that other than Dan was talking a few weeks ago about identity things like identity burdens. What if we're supposed to lift each other's burdens together as a family? Not so much as a church, but just as a family to lift our burdens prophetically and say, I recognize brother and sister. I recognize the pain that you're carrying. I don't understand it, but I can feel it in this room the overwhelming burden of pain that God wants to heal. God wants to bring 
his glory cloud into this room right now more than it is. It's already here, but he wants to heal, set free. So Lord Jesus, I stand here prophetically and I lift the burdens of the room, the burdens of those watching online now and those who will watch it in the future. By the way, if you're watching it in the future, God's here for you as well. Just because you're not standing here in the room and just because you're not watching on, what, what, what day is this? Wednesday, what, 18th, 16th, whatever, 15th, 15th. <laughs> just because you're not watching at the moment that I'm speaking doesn't mean that these words are not any more powerful or less powerful. I pronounce in the name of Yeshua, our Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and director of our faith, that you are healed, you are set free. I prophetically lift the burden off your shoulder and I say, come take it, Lord Jesus. Come take the burdens. Come take them all. Come take the burdens. Lift them all. Don't be concerned, for I will come and sing over you. I will bring you rest, I will bring you peace. I will bring you joy. Joy and strength. Joy and peace. Joy in surrender. Joy and I give you rest, I give you peace, I lift your burdens, I bring you joy, I bring you peace, rest in So don't be discouraged, don't be sad, cause I bring you glory, I bring you peace and surrender. So give me your pride, give me your hurts, give me your burdens. I love you, I love you, I love you. 
It's going to close here with Isaiah 43. It's so good, just this understanding of the comfort that we have of what the Lord has for us. Um, we're in interesting times right now. And uh, actually, I'm just going to kind of read this and then close. In, in Haggai 2, it says this. It says, be strong, O Joshua, son of Zehodak, <laughs> the high priest. Be strong, all of the people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. And that word work is that, that understanding the will of God and then doing his will. That's the work. It says, for I am with you, declares the Lord. And this is what my covenant... And, this is what I covenanted with you when I came, when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. So do not fear. This is a key part right now at this time that we're in. Do not fear. For this is what the Lord Almighty says In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and the desired of all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord, and the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, declares the Lord Almighty. And I will grant you peace, declares the Lord Almighty. There is a shaking that we're beginning to see. Right? I don't think we've begun to really experience the, the full shaking. We're just getting the tremors right now. It may feel like a shaking. It's just a tremor. <laughs> there's, there's much more to come. Get ready. It's going to be an exciting time. But do not fear. And in Isaiah 43, the Lord just put this in my heart uh, just before the service. He, the Lord says this, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created each of you, he's created each of you, O Jacob. He formed you, O Israel. And then he says it again. So fear not, for I have redeemed you. And I've summoned you by name. You are mine. For this very time, this is the time that we're in, so that when you pass through the waters, he says, I will be with you. When you pass through the river, the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Catch this, though. It means you will walk through the waters. It means you will pass through the rivers, and it means you will walk through the fire. So it's not about whether we're, we're going to go through these types of things, these times. It's about what he says. I'll be with you. They will not sweep over you. You will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And I give Egypt for your ransom, and Cush and Ziba, Seba, for your steed. He 
says this, since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you. Lord, I thank you that in these times, there's times and there's seasons that we're moving into. Lord, may we be aware of what, what is ahead and what is in front of us and the things that are happening May we be aware, but may we know who our God is in this time. And Lord, I thank you that you say you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us. Lord, I thank you that as we go from this place, we don't go with fear, we go in the power of the Holy Spirit, declaring the very things that are on earth as they are in heaven. Lord, I thank you that you're teaching us how to walk in a greater authority, how to live, how to speak, how to understand by your spirit. Give us the mind of Christ. And Lord, I thank you that all of this comes out of a place of submission to you. If we're not submitted to you, we cannot walk in your ways. So Father, teach us your ways. Help us to learn your ways as we yoke with you, as we come into an alignment. Align our hearts for, the very, for this very time that we're in. Align our hearts with your heart. Align our ways with your ways. And may we stay humble. May we stay submitted. May we yield to your spirit, listening to you, abiding in you, walking with you. And Lord, I thank you for those words. Would you sing those words over us, just as Jeremy was singing, Lord? Would you sing those words over us, how much you love us? Let us know that love. Let that be the identity of who we are in Christ. A life laid down that we can then take hold of you, Jesus. A good pastor friend of mine, Robbie James up in Kremlin, he's, he was just asking the Lord, he's like, Lord, what does it look like to be in oneness with you? What do we need to, what do we look like? And at the end of it, The Lord just said, you look like my son. (laughs) We look like Jesus, which means there's actually none of us. It's not a combination of us and Jesus. We die. Oneness means none of us, all of him. (laughs) So, Lord, make us one with you. We thank you for your love. Just say, Lord, would you strengthen us in this time? May we be strong and of great courage. In Jesus' name, amen.